It's One Storytime, a podcast for kids of all ages who want to become investigators of God's Word, the one story of redemption in Jesus Christ. In each episode, we will learn an amazing Word of the Week, investigate a challenging question about God and His world, or to discover how to apply a Bible story to our lives. So let's get started. Here's our host, Dr. John Kwasny, but you can just call him Doc. Hello again, my podcast listeners. It's another good day to talk about God's Word, the one story of redemption in Jesus Christ. Have you ever watched a great movie that had a very bad ending? Everything about the movie was terrific. The characters, the plot, the dialogue, the action. But then as you got to the final scenes, the movie just didn't end well. Either the ending didn't make sense, or your favorite character dies, or it just ended. Being a movie buff, I've seen a lot of movies like that. I wish the movie writers would have done a better job with the ending. I've even imagined how I would have written the last scenes of the movie. By the way, there are some movies that actually do have what are called alternate endings. I guess the writers realized that there was a better way to end the story, too. Well, it's tempting for some people to see the life of Jesus in a similar way. They read the incredible stories of Jesus found in the Gospels, but they don't like the ending that much. They love seeing Jesus heal the sick, cast out demons, do amazing miracles, preach incredible sermons. But then he is betrayed, arrested, and killed in the most painful way on the cross. Why did Jesus have to die? Sure, he rose from the dead three days later, but why did he have to die in the first place? Couldn't he have just continued to do the things he was doing, set up his kingdom in Jerusalem, and forgive people's sins that way? So that's our big challenging question for this week. Why did Jesus have to die on the cross for our sins to be forgiven? Couldn't have the story ended a different way? Why couldn't God just show people mercy without his son having to die? Well, before I answer this very good question, I want to remind us all one more time that Jesus is not still dead. Not only did he rise from the dead, he is sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding and praying for his people. Isn't it awesome that death could not hold our Lord and Savior? Okay, let's dive in and work on answering this question. First, the Bible makes it clear that God is holy, he is perfect. He determines what is right and what is wrong. This means that God cannot overlook sin. He must punish all sin. This is bad news for all human beings since we all sin. But you may ask, can't God be merciful and choose to not punish sin? Well, yes, he can, but by only fully satisfying his own righteous, holy demand. In other words, since God is perfect, the only way for us to escape punishment for our sin is for punishment to fall on someone else. Are you with me so far? Have you ever wondered how your parents come up with your punishment for your disobedience? Why does one thing you do wrong require a spanking and maybe another just gets you sent to your room? Well, God has already determined the punishment for our sin against him. Listen to Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, 
but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you know what wages are? Wages are what someone gets paid for something they do. So the payment for sin is death. The person who sins must die for his sins. Do you remember Adam's sin? When Adam sinned, that sin brought more sin and death into God's perfect world. God has to deal with all the sin in his world, doesn't he? Since he is perfectly holy, righteous, and just, sin must be properly dealt with. To put it another way, we need God to undo or reverse the curse of Adam's sin. How can God do that so that every human being doesn't have to pay for his or her own sin? Well, we need someone to pay the sin price for us. But only someone who can live an obedient life and die an obedient death. There's only one man who can do this. Let's read about him in Hebrews 2, 9 and 10. But we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. Do you understand what the writer to the Hebrews is saying? Jesus Christ suffered death so he could bring salvation to his people. Jesus was the only one who could suffer and die for sinners because he is perfect man and perfect God. Since sin came to all of us through one man, Adam, salvation from sin must come from one man as well. Listen to how Paul puts it in Romans 5, 18-19. He writes, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Someone had to pay the sin price. Only the one man, Jesus, could do it. So Jesus had to die on the cross in our place. Does that help you understand that the only way for people to be saved from their sin was for Jesus to die? Well, to help you just a little bit more, I want to share seven important words for you. These may be good words of the week for future podcasts, too. The first word is obedience. Jesus' death on the cross was an act of perfect obedience. This was necessary because our first covenantal head, Adam, acted in disobedience. Jesus obeyed the Father by going to the cross and dying, even though he didn't deserve to die. The second important word is sacrifice. Do you remember all the animals that had to be sacrificed in the Old Testament? The Jews were given a system for dealing with their sins before Jesus came. Animals had to be killed. Their blood had to be shed to cover their sins. So Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. Listen to Hebrews 10, 11, and 12. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. 
But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. We don't sacrifice animals today because Jesus was that single perfect sacrifice for sin. The third important word is propitiation. That's a big word no one really talks about much anymore. Listen to 1 John 2, 2. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And 1 John 4, verse 10. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. A propitiation is something that satisfies God's wrath. Since God has the right to be angry at sin, he requires satisfaction for that anger. Jesus had to die on the cross in order to satisfy the righteous wrath of our holy God. He was our propitiation. Well, the next word is redemption. That's a word we use all the time. To redeem something is to buy it back. When Adam sinned, we all became prisoners of sin and death. Sin and death became our masters. So when Jesus paid the sin price by dying on the cross, he paid for our freedom. All those who are in Christ are redeemed, bought back from our sin master. Only by the shedding of blood can we have our sins forgiven. Listen to Ephesians 1 verse 7. In him, that's Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Well, the fifth important word is reconciliation. Now, that's definitely a word we need to spend more time on later. Reconciliation is when two enemies become friends again. Our sin has made us enemies of God. We are strangers to God. Jesus' death on the cross made us friends with God again. All those who put their faith in Christ are reconciled to God by his death on the cross. Well, just two more words. The sixth word is justice. Remember, God is right to be angry at sin in his world because he is perfectly holy and just. As the judge of the universe, he must have divine justice. He cannot just ignore sin. So when Jesus died on the cross, he satisfied God's justice. We receive mercy because Jesus took our just punishment. Okay, the last important word, victory. You know what it means to win a victory, right? To have victory, you must defeat your opponent. So what is the human's greatest opponent or enemy? Death. Jesus had to die on the cross because he had to defeat death once and for all. He had to get the victory. He defeated death by coming back to life. The grave could not hold him. So while the death of Jesus looked like a terrible end to the story of his life, it actually is the perfect ending. His death and resurrection gave his people victory over death. As our substitute, Jesus died in our place so we don't have to die for our sins, so we can be free from death and have eternal life instead. There's the answer to our big important question this week. Aren't you glad Jesus died on the cross for the sins of his people? I am.
Thank you for investigating God's Word with us today. One Storytime is brought to you by One Story Ministries, provider of Christ-centered Bible curriculum for the church, home, and school. You can discover more about our resources for children, youth, and adults by visiting onestoryministries.org. Please share this podcast with your friends, family, and church so you can talk about it together. Until next time, keep learning, loving, and living out God's Word.